Hello and welcome to Backstage With, a new series of podcasts where I, Kiara Lari, take you on a journey discovering backstage roles in theatre. So today I've got two fantastic people here with me. Hello guys, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do? Hi, I'm Spencer New. I'm the technical manager for Disney. Currently my uh, job is looking after the ongoing productions of The Lion King and Aladdin and providing production management for... The Lion King UK tour, which is going out soon, and planning for Frozen. And I'm Natalie Wood, and I'm the technical supervisor. So I support Spencer in all the shows that he does, be it Lion King, Aladdin, Lion King on tour, and Frozen, which is coming next year. Wow, those are really amazing shows, especially Frozen. Super excited about that. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what you do? What do we do? Uh, Our job really is to support the ongoing productions and make sure they have everything they need for the shows that evening. So uh, if there's a problem at all with any technical department, it's, it's our task to work with those departments to make sure we resolve that or find a resolution that can get us to to lift the curtain that night and, and have the show perform. Ahead of that, when productions are in planning, it's our job to work with the designers and the creative team to realise their production within the budget, within the timescale we have, and in the space that we're given to realise that show, the theatre, for instance. Okay, so basically you fix any sort of problem, you are the go-to person, you're the person in charge who's going to sort everything out. We kind of realise uh, the creative's artistic vision and put it into technical terms. So whatever they need us to do, we do to get it to the, the first night, the first preview, the first stage of the actual kind of like rehearsal structure. Yeah, in the early days, certainly, if we weren't there, there would be there would be a missing link between the creatives and the, the technicians. That's absolutely what we are. We're the conduit between between the creative and the technical. Amazing. So before we go further into the details, did you guys bring a mystery object about your job? Yes. Yes. Ooh, lovely. What is the mystery object? I wonder object? if you bro- both brought the same one Ooh, in. Well, yeah, we haven't conferred yet, so Spencer <laughs> was going to be my mystery item. Um, <laughs> but you can see him and you know what he is, so, um, yeah, so I have mine's in my pocket. Mine's in my pocket too. Okay, so who's going to go first? And both on mute, I suspect. Mine's on my mobile phone. Ah, mine is not my mobile phone. Okay, so Natalie, why don't you tell us what yours is first? So mine, I bought a, my laser measure with me today. Basically, sometimes if you're in a rehearsal room, if you've gone to a venue to try and um, scope something out to see if it's the right size for a director, the creatives to get set scenery into it, you sometimes you can't actually get into the room. You can get into it, but you, there's people in it already, so you don't want to be trundling across running a tape measure. So it's just very easy just to go in, stick your laser level on the side of the door, point it to the opposite wall, press a button and you're not interrupting anybody with anything. That's really funny because I brought two mystery items because I couldn't decide. And if you open my bag, which is just over there, the only thing in it really is a notepad, which is not the mystery item, and the other one is a tape measure. That's really amazing. That's a great mystery um, object. Thanks for bringing that in. And you said you brought your mobile phone? Why? Yes. Uh, again, coming back to the question about what it is we do, we communicate. We, we communicate in... in both directions, both towards the creative and again towards the technical. The first thing that will happen with any unexpected occurrence will be the telephone will ring and it will ring any time of the night or day. Largely, you know, during when the performance is on or before the performance when when all the technicians come in to check all their equipment for the show. The sound guys do a sound check, for instance. The automation guys run all their equipment. The electricians test their lights. They all have test programs which they run through. Uh, and if anything happens during all of those tests, the f- first thing that we'll know about it is we'll get a telephone call saying, 
hey, something's gone wrong. You can be a production manager with a pen and paper and a telephone and your office can be absolutely anywhere. It can be a bus, it can be a theatre, it can be a dressing room like it is today. Um, but the mobile phone is the one. You know what, that's really exciting then. So you're saying that you basically don't have to do the office nine to five in the same room. So it's like you never know where you're going to be and it's something new all the time. It's always something new every time. I think we, we do the office thing. So again, we can communicate with the producers and the administrative end of what we do. So we show up because we know they're going to be there and we're there for them and we're you know on call for them whenever they need to talk to us about budgeting in particular or planning for something in the future. But absolutely, from one day to the next, from one phone call to the next, you do not know what it is you're going to do. And that is the truly the best part about this job. That's amazing. So that's what, one of the questions I was going to ask you. What is the most uh, exciting, rewarding or best thing? So that's for you. It seems the best part. And what about for you, Natalie? Well, it's the same thing. You, you might be in the same place every day because you're expected to be there so people know where to get hold of you but you never know when you pick up that phone what it is you're going to have to source find fix make any of those things and it's so it's it's not you don't go in it's like doing a show you have to do everything at exactly the same time because without the continuity it's it, it's it doesn't work but with our job we just don't know it's almost like every day is a mystery day specifically on what you just said what are like three skills you'd say are the the most useful skills in this job and doing the job well and efficiently like for both of you guys communication absolutely the very first thing and you could say it three times but that wouldn't make for an interesting conversation communication flexibility thinking on your feet thinking on your feet we could go on patience yeah. is a massive one as well yeah understanding there right. there's a lot of high tension in particularly with the creative departments and again the head of the technical departments when you're putting something on everybody involved is desperate to do their best bit for the for the production we're trying to put on and that can involve high tensions it's it's no surprise to anybody to know that people shout and people get very emotional in what we do and the production manager has to be the person not shouting and has to be the person who can take the deep breath and listen to all of those voices and pick apart what it is they're actually trying to achieve and find a solution from it. Because the minute you as the production manager lose control, there is nobody else in the room who can then find a solution. You definitely need a level head, you need to be calm, which is amazing. And it's uh, something that probably that is a little harder for people, especially a young person. You know, we're up and all over the place, we're excited, we have energy. So I wonder like how you started out in this job role and like, how did you get there? Did you go to uni did you have an apprenticeship and how you like learned everything you did along the way and how did you basically get to where you are now which is like five questions but talk away <laughs> okay so I didn't train as a production manager but I worked for 30 years as a stage manager so starting off as an assistant stage manager a deputy stage manager and then going into stage management as the stage manager um, and some of the skills that I had as a stage manager are transferable. Some of them aren't, and um, I'm new to this position. I came along and joined Spencer about five, five and a half months ago. I didn't go to uni or college for stage management. I went to become a performer, and then I looked at all the other performers around me, and they were really good at what they did, so I decided not to do performing anymore. Um, and then I fell into stage management, and I loved stage management. I loved being around the people. I liked having an idea that you had to take and create from what the director wanted and put it into a vision that kind of like 
spoke to the audience. So by then saying, this is what I want, and they come up with crazy ideas and you have to translate what they want. And then from that, it has kind of made it easier to step into this role. But every day's a school day, every day you learn something, every single day I will go back from this job and go, oh, that's interesting, or that was stressful, or I didn't know we had to do that, or how do I do that? But we're in a very good surrounding to know that we're taking care of. There's always somebody to ask. If I don't know something, I support Spencer. He is my, my line manager, my boss. So basically what he does, I do too, but I support everything that he does. And I think it's mutually supportive. I think Natalie said perfectly, you learn something new every day. You continue to learn new things every day. So if you're a young production manager or an old production manager, you will still continue to learn. That which you bring with you as a, as a new production manager is a new perspective, new imagination you'll perhaps be more aware of new technologies that can be employed to solve an issue in a completely different way there are many solutions to lots of different issues how i did it i did not go to a level college i didn't go to university i left school at 16 and i wasn't uh, successful academically and theater were the only people who'd have me is what i've said in the past i was really into theatre, rather like Nat, I enjoyed performing, uh, certainly when I was a teenager, that was definitely the way in, was through performance. But I used to hang around my local theatre, which was in Leicester, and we would just hang out, hang around, hang around, hang around, and just bug people for work. And eventually, someone will give in, someone will say, yeah, okay, right, stop asking me, come in and you can have a look and you can help out. So that's how it started for me. So I started with a carpentry department in Leicester, and I would pick up as many hours and as many shifts as I could, and then eventually... I was taken on to work on a show and I worked in a wing and unoperated cues on the show. And then the more you work, the more you stay. If you just keep bugging people, they will keep calling you back and asking you to come in. So, yeah, that's how I did it. I, I fell into carpentry and then and then made my way through it. But there's no reason to say you fall into one aspect or one particular type or branch of theatre, electrics or sound, and you stay in that. Lots of people I know, in fact, a guy who's leaving the theatre where we're currently working, uh, has just been an electrician and is about to become a master carpenter. So there are lots of ways to travel across departments into something you suddenly spot as being an interesting and potentially the career for you. See, that's very interesting for me hearing this, because I think as a young person, we're kind of drilled with the idea from the moment you're born, you know what you want to do and you go to A-levels, you do the subjects, you do, you go to uni, you get the job and that's it. And then everything that happens afterwards is like some sort of mystery, but it all seems to work out fine. <laughs> and what, yeah, but interestingly, it's, I found that the more I talk to people within, within the creative and theater field that they end up falling into a job. And I wonder if that's still applicable to someone my age now going into theater, or if you have a recommendation of something that I could do if I wanted to go into production management. Well, I would say that as long as you, Passion. You need, you need passion to do anything in theatre because it doesn't matter whether you're office-based or whether you're a performer or whether you're production manager or stage management, the hours are very unsocial. You don't necessarily start at 9 o'clock in the morning and finish at 5 o'clock in the morning. As Spencer said, you're, we have a phone, it's on 24-7. Um, we get a phone call during a show, you get a phone call after a show, you get a phone call, you know, we work a lot with America. So when we've gone to bed, they're up and are still dealing with things. So it's, it's having the passion, it's having the interest, it's going in, it's being a personable person as well. Um, you want to be somebody that wants to have somebody likeable around you. You don't want to go into that person's always negative. You don't want to be in. So it's, it's, it's the enthusiasm, it's the passion, it's the drive, it's the questioning everything not why 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 but how does that happen how can I do that what do I do using your initiative as well so it's not necessarily 
you have to go to college you've got to go to university that's right you've got to it's it's also it's a lot about common sense and sometimes i found as well i don't know if you've found this that you've i've taken on board somebody from a university who has done a degree in stage management or anything else like that and they come in a very blinkered manner and going this is how it must be done Whereas we can bring a life aspect to it and go, but if you just went like this and just kind of like opened up your blinkers a little bit, you can see there's not just one answer to every question because that first thing might not work. So you've got to try the second, the third, the fourth and find something that actually fits whatever it is that you're being told or asked to do. There's, yeah, I think resilience is an important trait to have. I think you need to be, you need to not want to fail, but you need to accept failures. You need to accept that, you know, that what you've just built for a designer uh, that they've just told you they don't want anymore, that's okay. There's a lot of experimentation. There are a lot of ideas that, are, that, that come up that you try out, that you work on, that then get cast aside. If you're easily discouraged by that sort of thing, then theatre would be a struggle for you because you just have to be able to accept that even though you think it's the greatest idea you've had that day, it might not be the idea that drives the whole project forward. So you have to be resilient. You have to understand that every day isn't going to be a victory, but but every loss on that day isn't the end of the gig. That It's never the end of the gig. The show will continue to go forward. Okay, one of my last questions, I suppose it's two questions, a twofold question. What is the best thing and what is the most challenging thing about the job? Wow. I think I need a deep breath. <laughs> I think, well, every day is the most challenging because you never know what you're going to... It's like, a, it's like an advent calendar. Every day you open that door and you don't know what's going to be behind there. You don't know whether it's going to be a good thing, a bad thing, or an indifferent thing. The most rewarding thing, I would say, is probably press night or the first preview or the first run-through when everything knits together and there's perfect symmetry in everything and everything that the directors wanted that the designers wanted the stage managers wanted the costume supervisor everything it all knits together and it, it it's a thing of beauty absolutely right yeah opening nights are, are the night when you you just let loose and opening night is is the moment when when the lock is on the top of the show, when nothing's going to change, when a designer isn't going to say, you know that, all of that green stuff, it needs to be purple and spotty. Like, no, none of those... It's the one day when even if something goes wrong during the show, the phone isn't going to ring because the show's on now, and that's it. We, we are where we are. So, yeah, that's a really good... It's, it's a really good moment, opening night. The most challenging thing, goodness me, hindsight. Hindsight is, is said to be a lovely thing, but I think in our industry, hindsight can also be quite... A, a difficult tool because after the show has happened or, or after a scene has been rehearsed or teched or run in you can go home and think about it and realize how you might have done that better or how that might have been improved or how that entrance would have been smoother or how that scene change could have looked a little better or less like a scene change and more like theater and so you you go away and hindsight is the thing that keeps you up at night having you think about how you can improve it but that's also what drives you on that's also the thing that the next morning when you come in if you aren't presented with something that needs your immediate attention it, and if the show isn't locked down then you can go back to the designer or even if the, the show is locked down go back to the designer go back to the director and say hey i've had an idea but yeah the challenge is going home and then realizing then having that light bulb moment after the moment when it would have been most handy do you guys work just 
pre-opening night press show, like just the before process, or does it continue throughout the run of a show as well? No, it continues throughout the run of the show. Currently, we have two projects running, uh, three, uh, another one in planning, another two in planning, and then some more in the calendar that we need to start thinking about. But no, there are shows running, and every evening at the end of those shows, or at the end of every matinee, we get what's called a show report. And it tells us uh, the mundane things, like what time it started and what time it came down and what, how long the interval was. It'll also tell us who was ill and who covered that person. And it'll also tell us if anything broke. And we respond to the technical issues, the breaks, the, the failures, the, the dud pyros, the, the, the system challenges, the storage hoist issues, all of those things. They're the things we respond to. So uh, at the end of every show, again, after most people have gone to bed, our phones beep. And there are a couple of show reports telling us perhaps what might be presenting us the next morning. Are you guys employed like freelance or do you have a job that's like a contract? Like, is it a forever job or is it kind it's, of like... It's a there? forever job if I don't mess up. <laughs> um, if I mess true. up. Um, um, no, so it, it's basically you're, you're no longer self-employed in on this particular job. That's right. Um, but you can be a production manager or a technical supervisor or technical manager and be freelance, but we are both salaried. Yeah, we're engaged by Disney as full-time employees, uh, which is great, but absolutely, as Nat says, there are, there are very well-known freelance production managers who make a great career out of not being an employee, out of mm. doing it in their own time at their own speed. I would say that as much as you think you'll do it at your own time and your own speed you're always driven by the production that you're in front of and the the anxiety about where your next job is will always lead you to worry about that and look for your following project before this one is over but also if you're a traveler if you're like more free-spirited if you want to spend six months of your life traveling and six months of your life working hard and saving for that travel then production management or technical management is absolutely a job you can do you can you know, depending on the contacts and the people you work with, you could work the festival circuit every summer and then do something different and sell shoes in the winter if that's what you wanted to do. Um, so, yeah, you can do it as a freelance person. I guess especially as a younger person, that's something that's really exciting. Is it's like, wow, I can work for six months and then I can travel or sell shoes for six months. That's Absolutely. like perfect. Absolutely. And of course, for some people, the, the perfect marriage of that is to be a freelancer working on a touring show. So you can get a show. For instance, The Lion King is going out on tour. Uh, rehearsing and kicking off in Bristol uh, in this, this summer and as a freelancer you can get a job on a tour which you know is going to last for one or two years say and then you travel and you work so you see the world where your show is going to be and you're paid to do it also of course there's an expectation of working and you know you have set out to do but again there are lots of upsides to what we do for a living and, and it would suit lots of different personalities great so to kind of round off, I've got quick fire questions, a few quick fire questions, which you can answer in one or maybe two words. Um, okay. But Is yeah, there a clock? Quick fire. Do I get, a, get a buzzer? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> okay, so favorite musical? Cabaret. It was the first one I did. It was the first one where I worked in the wings as a stage carpenter. And because of that, and because it's a, a, a lovely and really interesting musical, quite easily cabaret. Acorn Antiques, just because of the calibre of people that I was lucky enough to work with. It wasn't the most technical of shows, but it was great. Favourite character in a play or musical? Oh, man. Julius Caesar. First piece of Shakespeare I saw, and I just loved it. It was just incredible. Phil Connors, Groundhog Day. Fantastic. That's a good one. <laughs> Your dream show to work on? 
the Lion King has been brilliant. For 20 years, The Lion King has been the show where I found my feet as a, as a master carpenter of a stage department. It's a fantastic show. It's brilliant. What to, Julie Taymor did with it is truly incredible. I haven't come across the imagination that is exhibited in, in The Lion King in any other show that I've seen. But for me, The Lion King is absolutely the best show. I'd sadly would have to echo what Spencer said. Julie Taymor is an absolute genius and she should be for you know she should be honored and recognized absolutely she's brilliant that's amazing that was one of the quick fire questions someone you look up to yeah julie taymor she's she's ace she's she shows in her work imaginative perfection with with the concept that she was working with like you know i get up every morning wanting to work with the people who are at the top of their game nat is one of the people who's at the top of our game Julie Taymor is, you know, one of the people at the top of the game, the creative and technical team who teams who I get to work with. I am incredibly fortunate. I work for Disney in the UK. People want to work for Disney and, and we are very fortunate to get to pick the best people to work with. Okay, last question, last quick fire question. Your all time best memory in this job. Hard oh, is it repeatable? Oh, yeah, it might not be. Um, it's the people that I've worked with be it a really creative director like Matthew Warchus who has crazy ideas and you think they're impossible, but he knows they're possible, so he gives them to you and you have to realise them. Um, to, to set designers who exa- have exactly the same and you're like, how am I meant to do this, this scene change with these massive pieces and yet you somehow realise and trust. So it's the, it's the people that I meet every day. We work in an industry that consistently changes and as we say, every day we come in, every day is a different day. And so to pin one victory or one show or one opening night against all of the other victories and opening nights that you've managed to get a show to it's really difficult. We're really, really fortunate. We have or experience great memories on a regular basis. It's a great job. It's a really, really good job. We're lucky to do what we do. Amazing. I think the thing that stuck with me the most throughout this whole conversation is the fact that your job is taking the idea and making it a reality. So if you guys didn't exist, it wouldn't be something we could share with other people. And that's, I guess, the most beautiful thing of theater is like sharing it with everyone else and sharing the story and sharing the magic. So if you guys weren't there, that just would never happen. So thank you, I guess. That's amazing. (laughs) We're happy to do it. So thank you so much for joining us today, guys. I've learned so much. It's been an incredible experience. Thanks again for sharing all your knowledge with me. I've loved it. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having us.